0: When that doctor told me that I had limited time on this planet, it was like, holy moly, I need to not be standing still.
1: and welcome to Art Juice. This is Honest, Generous and Humorous Conversations to Feed Your Creative Soul and to Get You Thinking with me, Louise Fletcher. And today, Alice is taking a break and I am joined by Carleen Bronner from South Africa, who I have known for a few years, who is really inspirational. So hi, Carleen. Really nice to see you.
0: Hello. Hello, Louise. Thank you so much for wanting to speak to me
1: today. I am... Um, I wanted to do this episode, if you were listening last week, everybody, or if you've been on social media at all, you might know that my annual course is coming up. This is when I teach a 12-week program, this year it's 12 weeks, called Find Your Joy, and I begin with a one-week free course for anybody who wants to join me, and if you're interested in that, the link is in the show notes with this podcast, or you can find it on my website. But I met Carleen when she was a student on my course. I think, was it 2020?
0: No, it was 2019.
1: 2019. Um, And then you came back, didn't you, I think, and and were with us again in 2020. And um, Carleen was in the first kind of big version of the course, I think of it, because when I first did it, it was only a small group of people. I was testing it out. Then I went full on and brought, and I think about 300 people did it the first big year and you were one of those people. And that's a group of people that I'm still, I still follow all their progress because it was small enough group that I knew who everyone was. And um, it's been really interesting to see what's happened to everyone over the years. And you in particular, or you as one of those people have had such an interesting painting journey and art journey since then. Um, But also your whole story of why you came back to your art and became serious about art is very interesting. So I'd love to ask you about that before we get into chatting about your journey. But I'd like to just pre-preface all this for everyone listening by saying, the reason I I call my course Find Your Joy is that I feel it's vital To find, to make unique art, we have to find ourselves. And the way I think we find ourselves is to do the things that are naturally aligned with who we are. And the feeling of what is aligned with who you are is a feeling I call joy. Sometimes it's called flow. It's that sense that you are doing something that just feels good, that you're really enjoying the process it feels completely innately natural to you. And when you do that, when you follow the subjects you're interested in, the techniques that you enjoy, the colors that you like, all of those things, you cannot help but make something that no one else has ever made before. And with Carlene, that definitely happened. And so hence her selection as a guest. So without further ado, with that as the framework of our conversation, can you tell us, Carleen? about what was happening with you when you first found me and when you, you know, decided to take the course initially?
0: Yeah, so I had done um, printmaking as a major at university in the 80s and um, just over, life just got in the way and I stopped doing art for art's sake and I started doing craft because I needed to earn a living while living on my farm and um working with horses. And it got to a point where I I didn't really do, I I guess I was creative, but I wasn't, I never considered myself an artist. But I started to get this deep need to start being creative again. And it happened because a friend of mine um, got diagnosed with breast cancer and she subsequently died. And she was an artist who always had to make a living from her art. So it was never purely for herself. It was always in order to pay the bills. And I had gone into the craft side purely to pay the bills. And when Andre died, it, it was a case that I knew she she had run out of time because she never ever got to experience art for herself. So I kind of thought, well, I should not waste the gift that I've been given. And um, so I started to draw and I and I am very good at drawing pencil sketches and stuff it's just something i came through a, a drawing program at advisory that made that i was technically very good and it was so boring and i used to sign up for doing those like 30 day draw something and it was so boring <laughs> and then the year the year after andre died i got diagnosed with brain cancer and so it was really a, like, like a kick up the pants to go Okay, so you did have this gift once upon a time and you never did anything with it. And so what are you going to do? And the drawing that I was doing slowly, but surely, drawing flowers, drawing all sorts of things, just didn't really satisfy anything. But I was completely stuck at, okay, so where do I go from here? And even printmaking, I have my own etching press. I'm really lucky with that. But once again, it's, it's very much drawing. It's a dry point thing or you drawing into um the, the wax ground it's there's nothing really free and easy going so i was so completely stuck and then on a day a friend tagged somebody else in a, in a facebook post about this free course this find your joy tester course and I, I clicked on it because i was like hmm, this looks interesting and i literally within two minutes I had signed up for your free course mm-hmm. and it and it changed my life completely because and when I said to Shane how can you didn't tell me about this thing she said oh, I didn't think you would be interested but this whole thing of finding a way to do um, art that came from a place inside of you rather than something outside of you just hooked me hook line and sinker it was fantastic changed my life.
1: Yeah and it's that thing isn't it I had the reason I started teaching was and I'm sure I've talked about this before I had a similar experience and mine was a 2 day in person workshop with an artist who just brought all materials and let us just experiment and play and try different things and I was just completely blown away by the fact that oh you can just literally do anything oh Right. Okay. And, and it's all right. I, I kind of thought that there had to be some kind of process and there was some secret way that real artists knew that I didn't know. And that's what I'm so lovely to hear you say that because having had that experience myself, then I was determined I'm going to find a way to give that to lots more people then can go to a village hall in this local town once every few months when this person teaches. Like, I want to be able to give people that experience. And when you say that changed your life, can you talk a little bit for somebody who's feeling like you, feeling that stuckness? This isn't, by the way, everybody, a sales pitch for my course. I'm not asking Carleen to say, I think they should do Louise's course. I'm asking what is it what is the leap in your mind that you went from from being totally stuck to feeling like you could make things what can Mm. you tell someone else so they can make make that same leap
0: I think often when we do art we get stuck in um what medium we're going to use what materials what um surface that we we're going to work on and for, with with the find joy, joy it, it's all about just paint whatever makes you feel good don't worry about technique don't worry about materials because you can get hung up um on those things and and then you, you don't take the next step and uh, Every time you do art somewhere, it's always got to be quite serious. It's always got to have a beautiful outcome. It's always got to go, you know, you go to an art course and you come home with a finished piece of work. And maybe you do learn something about yourself within that setup, but it's too prescribed, too much somebody telling you what you should be doing, whereas you kind of went, go play, go explore and see what shows up and then be open to to being um, prepared to take what shows up and run with it. Whereas so many times you go, they go, this is the paint I use. These are the colors I use. This is the surface I use. Um, And I just get so bored with that because I can do those things on my own if I really put my mind to it. But here you were saying to me, "Um, why do you want to do these things? Why do you want to draw what is your motivation not rather than what's your skill set
1: yeah that's it isn't it what what is driving you and often people haven't asked themselves that and I remember I remember your artwork along with a couple of other people's was was one of the things I read your first things that you did were one of the when you joined the full course because we did the free course and then you signed up for the full course yeah. and I remember the work that you did because it was about the horses that you work with and had you yeah. ever had you ever thought of doing work about those horses before or was that something that came through the process of identifying what you really care about
0: yeah so I had often been asked uh friends why did not you paint your horses why don't you draw your horses and it's like my horses I think my family know they come first second to horses you know they were my love Uh, they they took up all my time all my finances all my learning curve was focused on my horses for many years and um, to draw them just felt like well why because if I if I wanted a representation of them I could just take a photograph or go hang out with them for the day and lots of people can draw horses and I'm certainly not skilled at it but when you asked us to work on a series you went choose something that really matters to you that's something that's really important to you and I went well it's the horses but it's the connection with the horses that I was wanting to express not um, draw horse because, quite frankly, people and I, I admire the skill you can do these photorealistic things. But I would think instead of spending 40, 50 hours drawing the perfect horse, I'd rather take a really good photograph and go hang out with the perfect horse. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if I was going to draw the perfect horse or paint the perfect horse, it needed to be the perfect inside of that horse, the connection uh, with that horse, not the physical. Um, outside of that horse I needed to do the inside and because I do lots and lots of equine facilitated learning with my horses where I teach people to see their lives differently by acknowledging how a horse sees his life differently it, it it's an emotional and spiritual connection with the horses rather than just a physical connection with them so my paintings you taught me how to um process those thoughts and then put them down into
1: an art form yeah Yeah, and you made this I remember that the first one was like beautiful colors and in the show notes there'll be a link to Carleen's website so that you can go and look at the work that she's done including the horse paintings and there were beautiful colors it was um, I think a close-up of a horse's face from the side and there was um, you could see the eye And certainly in one of them, you had kind of merged a human and a horse. So it was expressing some of that connection. And it was just, it was very beautiful. And it, it was also very original and your skill was there. Your skill in drawing was clear because you had rendered a recognizable horse very, very well, but it was so much deeper than that. And I think that painting along with a couple of other things people did were the moment when I was like, yes, I've really got something with what I'm saying to people because I can see it coming through and what you did. And it was so exciting. Yeah. And, um, and was it a surprise to you that that's what you were going to be doing then? Or did it just feel like a natural development?
0: No, it was a huge surprise because I had never right through from when I did my formal art education, I learned huge skills. But I, I was never asked to do deep into what I thought about things. You now when you're advised to do there's often a lot of social political statements and people do that by the art, but actually when you ever I never did that, but I, even when people was, thought they were Having an expression of a social political situation, I think they were voicing what they saw around them rather than what they really thought about inside. Because it's very hard to put yourself out there on paper, uh, I think. And so often we do what we th- we think people will appreciate or understand, and not necessarily how we the individual see that subject matter. So yeah. with my horses, they're not the They're certainly not greatly drawn or stuff, but that is what comes out. And um, I I focus on the eye a lot. And I promise you, I I start off with the underdrawing sometimes where the the horse is in absolute proportion. And by the time I'm finished, the eye is like five times bigger than what it should be in real (laughs) life. And it's just, well, that's me now. I've, I've come over the last four years to understand you will recognize one of my horses a mile off because they don't look the same as anybody else's. So-
1: yeah, yeah, and that it, yeah. that I presume is because the eye is such an important part of the the yeah. connection. Like it's it's what you are re- where you are entering that connection in a way, or how you are expressing it's- it yeah. to us. So if you were to say to somebody else, let's say there are people listening who. Are feeling like wow, I wish I had something like horses that I love, but I don't know what my thing is. How mm. did you get to what your thing was, or how would you suggest that people kind of start exploring that?
0: Say so you often like talk about people loving trees and drawing trees and that, and you could start off with just doing a representational tree or a representational flower. But there's got to be colours and there's got to be brushstrokes and marks that make you, that you could represent that subject matter that is unique to you. And, And I think so often we think like scrolling through Instagram probably is one of the best things you can do and one of the worst things you can do because you start finding artists whose work you really love and then you start wanting to emulate what they're doing, and actually that just gets in the way of you becoming who you should be. So yes, you know, paint a flower or a tree and being motivated by some other artist's representation of that, but then you've just got to go, but. Is that truly what I want to do? Is that truly how I see, see it? And I think the whole time is that we're always trying to go, that artist does it really beautifully and they're successful and it sells well. If I did that kind of thing, um, I would sell. And maybe you would, but it's it's not you. And, and, and I think at the end of the day, we've got to be um, honest enough with ourselves to go, right now, I can't do things like that but if I start doing something, my own voice will come away. There's a there's a marvelous South African um, painter. I, I admire her stuff. And it's like, she's almost the complete opposite of what I do, her name is Kim Black. And she does these massive um, flower paintings, but you would just love her stuff. It's huge and it's bold and it's colorful and it's just fantastic. And she made a comment once and she said, do not compare your chapter five to somebody's chapter 30 right. and I've actually got it stuck on a piece of paper here because I think so often when we start we want to be a chapter 30 or 50 but if we started at chapter three or four made horrendous messy stuff that we found which colors just made our hearts sing what marks um actually represented what we thought about something. And we were brave enough just to follow that journey bit by bit. And that's what I love about the Find Your Joy program. And I've actually done it, I think this is my fourth year that's coming up, is that you You show us how to follow the breadcrumb trail of you start here and then something in that painting like of that painting sucks but there's a little bit of it that you go now that's something worth exploring and then if you just keep going like that but if all you're wanting to do is make pretty pictures you're just going to be stuck making pretty pictures that aren't authentic
1: I love that yeah that's it exactly it's that it's that willingness to make a mess and when I I just finished today I was filming a demo for one of the modules and The pieces that I made are not very good. Like the finished pieces that are the demo pieces are not very good. They're not things I would put on a website or show on social media. And I'm going to show them in the course as part of the demo, because in that particular case, I'm showing different ways to find your own colors and how you find your color preferences. And I think it's so important that the demos are messy sometimes that my results are not great because when I'm trying to find my color preferences, I can't also, as you say, be trying to make something nice. If I'm trying to make something nice, I'm not really exploring the colors. Um, Instead, Mm -hmm. I'm focused on the result. And I think you, you would agree with me that seeing the students come in each year because now you help us moderate the free course and you've been doing that for a few years. Thank you very much. And as you see people in the first few days, you see how married they are to being good as opposed to learning something. It's yeah, it's almost like they want to say, look at look at how good I am, look what I made. And I don't, that's not to criticize people because we've all been there. I certainly was there at the beginning. But you've got to, we've got to. Our job when we're helping them is to like start knocking that away and saying doesn't matter if it's good. We're not impressed. Yeah. Don't think we we're not like clapping and we're not booing when it's bad. We're just yeah. trying to see if you learn something. So I think that is that is so important what you said. And I think the other thing you touched on is this idea of if you want to paint flowers, let's say, what is it about flowers? Which flowers? Why? You know, because there'll be so many different reasons. Just like with horse paintings, there are so many different reasons why you might paint horses. Um, and the other so but just to go back to something about the horse paintings, which I find fascinating, is and I want to ask you a little bit what you do with horses to explain this this more, because you have a very specific relationship with horses, which is very different to say someone who lives near me, who keeps one horse in a field and rides it around the country lanes every evening or something. Yours is a very different relationship. And we tend to think, oh, well, if I have, mine's very unique. It's very specific and personal. No one else will be interested. But in the very specific even though it doesn't have anything to do with someone else's life experience, they get to see something in it too. And I find that magical. Um, Tell us about what it is that you do with horses and a a little bit more than you already did. Like what, what was the, what do people come to you for?
0: Okay. So the way I train my horses is instead of when I'm working with them thinking like a human at, try to see their lives through the lead horse. So it's not an alpha horse, it's not a dominant thing. But if I'm working with my horse and I I rationalize what's happening by thinking in a human way, I'm not going to be on the same page as my horse because they are prey animals and we are by definition predators plus a little bit of prey animal from our hunter-gatherer origins so I got into doing this because when I was trying to work with my horse I was so stuck in my thinking that my horses absolutely hated me and luckily instead of being told um, go buy a bigger bit take and do this training you know what? this actually sounds a little bit like art and <laughs> that mm-hmm. um, the stuff wasn't working and instead of saying go buy this bit go buy this stick go do this go do that Somebody said to me, it's not about your horse, it's about you. So if you change the way you behave, the way you step into the arena, um, your horse will start to see you in a different light. So basically when I walk into the arena on a perfect day, because trust me, I mess up a lot, is is that I try to see life through his eyes, find out what motivates him to get through a day safely and offer it to him. And in doing that, the... The analogies for human beings living in the modern world just was so huge. And a friend of mine who was working in a business sense, teaching um, business people to mind the generation gap in the workplace, saw that um, my program with the horses would work with his program with training people. And it's kind of gone along like that. But interesting enough, in the last probably two years, we've become more mindful. So yes, we we are involved with techniques and getting close to the horses and that. But as my journey with my art and my health has become more that I've got to think really deeply about what I'm doing with the horses, um, my program has changed. And um, it's quite amazing to see how emotional people get in the horse field. Um, because they're opening themselves up to a new experience and if you can do it in a in a safe space with horses that are really there wanting to connect with you it's quite a remarkable experience for people and I'm, I'm quite proud of my horses and my program that's developed I've been doing it for 18 years now and um, so it's interesting
1: yeah. that it's much like uh, as you say that you've yeah. evolved what you do based on what feels good to you what you're interested in what you and the potential that you see very much the way you develop a painting and um, you mentioned your journey with your art but you also mentioned your journey with your health and at the beginning you mentioned that you were being diagnosed with brain cancer in I think 2018 and there'll be people listening who are saying what happened with the cancer tell ask ask her about the cancer um because I haven't looped back to that so tell us a little bit about that in terms of your journey as well what's happened there
0: okay so I was diagnosed in 2015 given 18 months to live in a I am eight and a half years later Yay. Comes with its challenges but um I, when people ask me how I'm doing, I say I'm still standing. <laughs> Some days not as straight as others. Um but yeah, it it was it was an interesting thing to I thought I had many, many, many years ahead of me and I thought I had great health. In fact, if you know me, other than I've got a really bad knee at the moment and I'm in line to go have a knee replacement um in the month's time, um I'm pretty healthy in so many ways. Um but what, what the diagnosis did, what it, it made me focus on, so if I had to die, what would I have the most regrets about not doing and not fulfilling my art journey? Like I, I do know I've got a gift, not, not as much. as some people in the art tribe who just blow my mind with their art. <laughs> um, but I have a fairly decent gift and um and i just wasn't ever using it and i just thought if i had to die and and then maybe in the afterlife you get told well if you had done this check how your art would look and it <laughs> could have been amazing and instead i was just messing around and doing stuff that yeah so i can draw a i don't know a tree to look like a tree or i could draw a flower to look like a flower but now the fact in my art um i can draw and how it feels I can tell you in my art what I think what I feel about something not just what I see and 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 the interesting thing is is that in the last two years where my health journey has been a bit challenging where I'm not as mobile as I could be in the horse field I've had to look for more mindful things to do more paying attention more thinking about how does this moment feel and we do an exercise in the field with the horses that you stand next to them and you just focus on feeling um hearing touching smelling all those kind of things and you literally have horses standing next to you that fall asleep it's quite amazing because you've you find a place of just um we call it the sweet spot where you are such Mentally and emotionally, in such a great space that your horse can't think of any other place it wants to be but with you. And, wow. I think, and, and you talked about the flow in the beginning when you were <laughs> saying, and it's exactly that. Sorry, I got running out. The the flow in your art is when when you're in that joyful mode that everything you do just just becomes so easy because you're not fighting it. To try express something that's not really you. And when we we're working with the horses, we talk about we stand shoulder to shoulder with the horse. If they get out of that sweet spot and they move forward without you, they're going to find resistance. If they lag behind you, they're going to find resistance. If they stay with you, there's a flow. And um, there's a marvelous TED talk by a horseman that I just admire so much called Jonathan Field and he talks about finding the sweet spot in your life and it's about so many of us go through life chafing at the bit <laughs> looking for something better, looking for something different because of that or that person or whatever and, and horses are so good at going let's go find the space that flows, that life is so comfortable that why would you want to leave it and the same with the art So I'm in a bit of a creative um, break at the moment. I'm learning to say break and not block. And so I'm just playing with things that come nice and easy to me where I don't have to think too much. Just like I'm playing with my horses in a nice, easy flow because at some point, by allowing myself to go with the flow, I'm going to find that amazing space where you just go, oh, my word, I'm going to sit and soak in the source of this loveliness.
1: I absolutely love that analogy, the link between that peacefulness that you, as you say, that flow that you can find in that relationship with the horses and you can find in life and you can find in your painting. And just as your health journey has affected what you do with the horses and what you do with your art, I think also what you do with your art bleeds into your life as well, doesn't it? So Mm -hmm. when you are being, certainly for me, I know when i'm being authentic in my artwork and i think i've been more and more authentic over the years i i'm more and more authentic in life and when i show up for myself in my studio i can't kind of cheat myself out of things in life i can't not be there for myself in life if i'm there for myself in my art but when i'm making in the early days particularly because I didn't know any different. When I was making the kind of paintings that I thought I should be making or someone else might like, or that I saw someone else doing, that was how I was in my life as well. I was people pleasing and trying to just, mm-hmm. and and there's, it, it's a little bit scary to say to people, if you come and do this eight day course, it might change your whole life um, because they might think, oh, I don't really want to change my life. <laughs> but it won't change things which are fine it won't change things where you are authentic and in alignment with yourself and but it might change some of the things where you are not and it's gonna open up so much stuff for you and if you're not coming along to do the free course the things carleen has been saying go back and listen again it's it's not I'm not teaching anything particularly special. I'm catalyzing people to do what's already inside them. But it really is a case of giving yourself permission to just do anything and then see what happens. Do you find yourself, because I know I do, at certain points forgetting that and getting stuck in old ways of doing things? Or are you always quite good now at flowing?
0: No, I'm I'm quite because I guess we, we creatures of patterns, I suppose. So you do go, oh, that worked. And I'm even thinking like twenty twenty was probably one of my most prolific um, spaces. So it was a very hard time for lots of people in the world and financially it was terrible. But it was there was such a lovely space that I lived here. And then the Find Your Joy alumni from twenty nineteen is a really tight group, the most marvelous people. And we we really helped each other through that hard time. And the art that I did then, I think, is my best art. Um, not yet. I still know I've got good stuff to come. But looking back on it now, and it's very easy to go back and go, well, I'll just keep repeating that. Yeah. And I'm finding it's very hard to keep, like, I, I want to go back and do those things, and they, they're they not successful anymore. It's like, done. And, uh, and I know you with your Ted Hughes, I loved your Ted Hughes landscapes. And 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 you're doing something completely different and you're taking some strain with some people saying, oh, I don't like your new art. Yeah. Well, it's not about whether they like it or not. It's whether it it, it fits with where you're at at the moment. It, not, it might not be pretty and it might not be successful in, in the bigger world scheme, but it's successful in that it's the springboard to where you're going to go next.
1: Yeah. Yes, and that's and a that, very important point with this with this idea of finding your joy, isn't it? That it's an ongoing thing. And yeah. so, and and like you say, when we find something that works for us, it can be very tempting to keep going with it. And that's all right for some people if it makes them happy. But I'm like you, that thing of recognizing that is so important what you're doing. And then also what you're doing is to not beat yourself up about it. And not say, oh, well, I'll never make anything good again now. That's the best I'll ever do, as you said, to just relax and play and trust that something else will come through. Yeah. I noticed that you've moved from, that you, you painted the horses and you've done several things on horses, but also you've worked on, you worked on a series of on trees. You've got separate sections of your websites where you've got these different projects do you find that as well as the style it it's kind of the subject matter that moves on that you need to move on from that
0: yeah and I've moved just because you know the, the horse stuff is so um, emotional and it's often connected to what I'm doing in the field and there's times when it just isn't right to paint those and so um a couple with with the find your joy when you say go find a series to do. Sometimes I just took something as simple as I go for walks in my farm and I see trees and then I go, okay, I've never drawn a tree before. Let me go try to draw a tree. And and then that then sends you off down a, a lane of, of thinking. So my subject matters often because I think people expect me to do the horses. And I know lots of people when I haven't posted horses for a while and then I'll post something, they go, oh, we're so glad the horses are back. And yeah. I, I need to take a, sidestep go explore something and that'll inform what i do next with the horses so i haven't done any horses for a while and I've, I've got this thing in the back of my mind where i want to do something huge and if i do the big stuff it needs to be the horses because the horses are so big in their energy and, their, and in the space they take up in my head you know so i will go back to them at some point but um I don't know, like right now I'm down a little bit of a rabbit hole with jelly plates. so I was absolutely clueless, didn't know what to do, dived into the Art Tribe hub, found a jelly plate recipe, and and just went and picked things in my garden and just had a huge amount of fun. The printmaker in me just loved it. And yeah. then I had 40 jelly prints, and it's like on very expensive papers, Like so I can't just leave them. What do I like doing? I love doing tiny detailed drawings so I just started drawing into the jelly plates and then adding a a ladybird or a flower just to make it look different so there's no deep thinking about it I'm just playing and learning skills so that when I do go back to my horses uh, something new should come up yeah and
1: it's that again what I love is that you've really taken that on board that sense of it doesn't matter if these don't directly lead to the next thing. And it doesn't matter yeah. if if they're not brilliant. I haven't seen them, so they might be brilliant. But it, it doesn't matter if they're not. It's all about just doing something. And as long as you're doing something, there's a chance something can happen. But when we're sitting yeah. around thinking about doing something, there's not a chance anything can happen.
0: Yeah.
1: It's all to be discovered. And I'm so glad when I went on your website, to check for this before doing this conversation, um, to see so many red dots on things because I remember you were a little bit hesitant about selling things initially. Yeah. Um, what was that hesitancy about? Was it? Well, tell us why. Why did you feel hesitant?
0: Well, you know, I live at the bottom of Africa in, in a place where money's tight, and the art world is very um, traditional. in a a lot of ways. So we have a huge art fair and there's just heaps and heaps of people doing realistic stuff and the stuff I do is not really realistic. So Mm -hmm. I kind of, and then really I'm sitting on my farm painting something somebody else is going to buy it. And the interesting thing is, is that a lot of my sales have gone overseas and then before people go, oh, I couldn't possibly sell something overseas. Yes, you can. (laughs) Just if a person wants to buy it, send it to them and they'll pay you for it. It's as simple as that. (laughs) And um, yeah, so I, and I, I think I was a little bit uncomfortable with charging for something, but I've now got over that because it's actually it's been lovely to be able to earn a living doing things that I love. Like my horses actually pay for themselves, and my art pays for itself, and will hopefully generate extra money that I can go play a little bit more. So,
1: yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. I love that because as well as seeing people develop the confidence to paint, it's lovely to see as the years go by, them develop the confidence to sell, to approach galleries if that's what they want to do or to sell directly if they want to. And all the things like you say that feel impossible, like selling overseas or, or shipping work and all that, you learn how to do it when you have to, and then it's not impossible anymore. And seeing people just grow and grow and grow, I think, That is why I love online teaching. I often get asked about doing in-person things and I might do that one day, but what I find, I don't know, potentially frustrating about in-person teaching is people come to you for five days or something, then they go away. Then you probably don't know what happened after that. And with online teaching, what we do is we keep the Facebook groups open for people to continue communicating. So from time to time, I can just pop in and see the different years and what they're all doing. Um, and many of them come and join my art tribe community, and then we share what we're doing in there. And it yeah, it's really cool to just see more and more art coming out into the world, more and more incredible art that people didn't know they had in them and you are just a shining example of that and I'm so glad that you're still here still alive and kicking still making your lovely work
0: yeah absolutely it's just uh, I have a privileged life I think to to be able to have two sorts of expression I have expression of that my horses teach me to be when I'm in the field. Because if you want authenticity, go hang out with the horse. They are the most authentic creatures on the planet. And then to be able to, on days that I can't be outside, whether it's weather or fatigue or whatever, then I can come and sit in on a piece of paper, create something that really makes me happy. You know? So, But uh, I, Louise, the one thing I wanted to say, because having been a moderator for the last three, four years in your taste a course people need to learn to be okay with being uncomfortable they need to learn to be okay with um failure and and failure of so you didn't make a pretty picture today oh big whoops so so then use that as a base for a, a, another learning curve but i think people are so scared And I see it in the horse world that people say to me, gosh, the stuff you do with your horses is amazing. How come more people don't do that? And it's because if you're doing conventional horsemanship and you change the way you think about horses, you often have to lose the success or the standard that you've created, like um, don't do competition anymore or you're now asking your horse what does he think about you and the feedback you get might not be so great and then you go okay so our previous relationship's not working now I've got to go and learn something new about myself so that my horse can tell me that this is good enough and it's too uncomfortable so lots of people just stay and their relationship with their horse just stays in a plateau because they weren't prepared to step out into an uncomfortable space and inverted commas fail for a while they they're not failing in their horse's eyes but they're failing in the eyes of like how come you didn't go to a show last week no because my horse is not ready because we're having a emotional wobble because I'm asking him to do stuff differently and then you see people when they introduce themselves on the on the first day of the test, of course, everyone proudly posts their best pictures and then you come along and go make an ugly picture and at free Fix everybody out. Yeah. But it's like, but that's where the learning happens. If you stay in that same little safe space, what do you learn? Absolutely nothing new. So then but then go stay in your safe space. If that's how you want to spend the rest of your life. But I promise you, when that doctor told me that I had limited time on this planet, it was like, holy moly, I need to not be standing still. I need to be doing something that when our time's right, and by the way, everybody, cliched as it sounds, we're all running out of time. Um, you want to be able to go flip. I tried my best. I stepped out, got a bit uncomfortable. learned something new went forward, 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 forward. Horses move forward to get out, out of trouble. Human beings tend to just stay bogged down in one space. And you want And I'm sure they're all waiting for us to go, oh, you can move forward. And there's new answers out there. There's new ways of doing things. And, and you're find a joy course to me is world-class and it stands out from the rest because you're not creating formulas for people you're making people dig deep and find the, the answers sweet spots within themselves and that's the stuff that lasts forever
1: yeah it goes I love with
0: that. yeah it goes with changes of um, who's the famous artists who are at the top of the pile now they're the guys who Change as their lives change, they change and they show the vulnerabilities. And that's it. I love that idea that horses move
1: forward when they're in trouble. And we, oh, what did you say? When they're not happy or they move forward. Yes.
0: So horses move forward to get out of trouble. So a horse will, if life is feeling uncomfortable for him in this space, in this moment, he will look, walk forward to find a space that feels better. Human beings, on the other hand, when when life's feeling stuck and not like that, they just stay there. It's a it's a special human being who's got the, the ability to, to go forward and go, I'm sure the answers out there. Often we just go round and round and round and round. And then and we get more and more stack. And then you need yeah. somebody like Louise Fletcher who comes along and gets the answer is forward. <laughs> Move forward. <laughs> it's
1: easier sometimes to just stay where you are. And that those are the people that I feel like we can help. But you're right. That is the biggest stumbling block we see is that desire not to make a mistake, not to get it wrong. Better to stay where I am than to put my neck on the line and yet, actually, it's not your neck on the line. Nothing bad happens no.
0: when you make a mistake. I mean, those mistakes all add up to just more information. So a horse might move forward, and it might be worse. And um, then he takes that information and he responds to it, and then moves in a different direction until he finds the space that he goes. Oh, I can actually hang out here. But yeah. we tend to think there's there's too much risk involved in doing that, so we just stay in the quagmire. Um, yeah, and that's yeah. why, like now, um, I don't quite know where my art's going, so I'm just playing because at some point something will stick out and go, that's where I need to go. But if I just stay doing the same old, same old, um, oh, my word, I'd, uh, yeah. You know, t- rather go make a photocopy of something than, than reproduce it over and over and over. And go do something better with your time. Yes.
1: And I also just want to highlight before we end what you said about life. We're all running out of time because we often hear of people who are diagnosed with an illness say, oh, now I realize life is precious and and all of that. And often I get emails when I say, because I do frequently mention, we're all dying. Like, you do know we're all dying and before yeah. we die let's see what let's think what we want to achieve and i get emails from people saying oh people live into their 90s quite why do you keep talking about old age and dying but i'm not talking about it in a negative way i'm i'm referring to it in the same way that you talk about it because it didn't occur to me till probably my mid 50s it was like suddenly oh hang on i'm over the edge of that thing, however much longer I have left. Um, even if I lived to a ripe old age of 100, I'm definitely over, got less time ahead of me than I had. Um yeah. And so it becomes much more important, I think, as you get older. And I, I feel it's sad if you're my age or older and you're not thinking that way, because I think yeah. I don't, I don't mean you should sit there dwelling and saying, woe is me, but you should be feeling like, what do I want to do with my days? And then make the most of it.
0: Yeah, Even if you're healthy and everything's going fine, if you're complacent and wasting time, then shame on you. You know, I, I just think that when I look back at what I did in my forties, I was so busy being busy and chasing things that. Now I look and I go, yeah, they were so superficial. Now I'm I, I, I conscious about what I spend my time doing and and I'm very mindful of what I do. So like to try to get healthy at the moment, I've been swimming because um, it's a good form of exercise that doesn't stress my body out too much and, I, and I've always loved swimming. And now I'm going down a rapid hole of, but how do you swim? Um, do you want to swim with lots of splashes or do you want to swim that somebody watches you swimming and they think it's a meditation? And so I found somebody who can, who can show me how to swim in a way that is beautiful and um, takes very little effort. There's a flow in the swimming. So it's it's like it's so interesting in my life now, this, this whole thing of looking for flow looking for the sweet spot, even in as simplest thing as swimming in a swimming pool for a health reason, I've now got this focus on what where's the flow? And I've just realized life is too short to to just battle on through everything. How about just like the find your joy thing, just go play and see where it takes you. Go with the flow rather than trying to make things happen. Um Because then you're just using up energy and muscle strength and brain effort that that's wasted. Rather save all that energy for doing something else. So it's I think
1: that's a perfect summary of your message. (laughs) And since you are so careful of what you spend your time on, can I just say I'm very grateful that you spent this time talking to me and sharing your wisdom with everybody. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed this.
0: It's my pleasure, Louise, because honestly, hearing you and following your journey through your life just inspires me endlessly. and I think everybody needs a mentor worth following, and you um, are beyond words and beyond measure precious to me.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Take care, Carlene.
0: (music)